WTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk. Merry Christmas from SRN News. I'm Ron DeRockstra. Christmas arrived around the world amid a surge in COVID-19 infections that has kept many families apart, overwhelmed hospitals, and curbed religious observances. Many churches canceling in-person services, while others reported small but significant attendance. Some families saw empty chairs at dinner tables after airlines canceled flights. Finally, the James Webb Space Telescope is launched on its way, speeding through space. NASA and European space officials are jubilant. What a Christmas present they're saying today following a flawless liftoff. That's correspondent Marcia Dunn reporting. It'll take about six months for the world's largest and most powerful space telescope to start working. It is in the, to be the successor to the aging Hubble telescope. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Salem Communications Holding Corporation stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC from time to time will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents that are responsible for any and all taxes. For full contest rules, see this station's website. AM 1280, The Patriot. And hey, let me take this moment to just wish everyone listening a Merry Christmas. Hope you're having a fantastic one. Hope you're around with your family and friends and just having a great time. Now take a look at your weather today. Chance of snow and a high of 20. Then Sunday, probably sunny with a slight chance of snow and a high of 30. The Narn with Mitch Burke continues on AM 1280, The Patriot. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The bright, shining spot of green and red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. I'm wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a, a blessed whatever it is you celebrate this time of year. I, I neither apologize for Christmas nor wish to stomp on anyone else's traditions. Whatever it is you celebrate, I hope you do it well, and I hope you have a wonderful and blessed time doing it this time of year. I spent the first hour talking about things that that bother me about the way Christmas is, is practiced today and about the way some elements of our society have, I won't say waged war on Christmas, but really sort of perverted its intent and in some cases sort of hijacked the the feeling of the season uh as as bono said at the beginning of the movie rattle and hum uh when the song helter skelter started playing he said charles manson stole this uh song from the beatles we're here to steal it back i i i intend this broadcast to note the fact that that some of the intent some of the feel of christmas has been stolen by people who are nece- not necessarily fondly disposed to the holiday and i 
and I think a lot of you are here to steal it back. And I'd like to do exactly that today. Uh, I, I stole it back from the cultural Grinches earlier in the broadcast, during the first hour. I'd like to take a, an hour and steal it back from the Grinches that work in the world of politics and in the world of theology to some extent, and in, and in the world of, of, of how society runs itself. Because there are some parallels between the Christmas story and the story of conservatism and the story of this country itself that are absolutely vital, that are absolutely important that you not miss, that, that, that are important for you to carry on and pass on to those around you, I think, might humble two cents worth, and that, quite frankly, are things that society needs to be aware of. There are parallels between the two stories, not wanting to get too overreachy or too melodramatic here, but that, that do matter, that are, that are important. And one of the biggest ones, I think, is wrapped up in the very origins of the season. Uh, and, and the origin of the season is something you can't miss if you've listened to any of the Christmas carols and Christmas hymns that, that those of us of the Christian faith will be singing in church uh, come Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Christ was sent to earth as a king but not born as a king here on earth born as the as a child of a of a of a couple of impoverished Judeans uh who were being bossed hither and yon by their puppet government at the time and and this idea the idea that god would come to earth as a humble human being not not a king not a prince someone not someone who used divinity, or actually used power to claim divinity, but in fact was quite the opposite. Someone whose divinity was not connected to earthly power, at least not overtly. And and and, and yet uh, was the Son of God, and yet was completely divine. And, and to put this in context, you have to remember that throughout all of human history, up until fairly recently, in fact, you have the idea fomented largely by kings for reasons that should be obvious to all of you, the idea that the king was God on earth, as the pharaohs were to the ancient Egyptians, as, as some Roman emperors were uh, in Rome, as some kings and emperors and and uh, other monarchs have been throughout history have, have declared themselves and and not uh, up, up to by the way including the emperor of japan up until 1945 who was recognized by his people as 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 god on earth as as a human and a god and this is the way most throughout most of human history most humans who have ever walked this planet have had someone ruling them who either before the Christian era and in much of the world up through the Christian era up to today in some cases considered themselves to be God walking among us here on earth ruling them or even in the Christian era in Christian countries a monarch who considered himself 
to be divinely ordained by God to rule. The idea that a king was a king because God had blessed him with, or her in the case of a queen, uh, had blessed him or her with the talent, the position, the authority to rule others. And this is, even in Christian countries, a common way of attributing the, the power of a king, divine right to monarchy. The idea that not only, if even if the king is not a god, him or herself, that they would be acting out the will of God on earth, which is certainly an impression you want to give if you are a king and you want to impress the peasants. So the idea that God could be born a carpenter in Galilee was an incredibly radical notion to humans 2,000 years ago. Just as 1,700 years later, the idea that the individual would have some worth above and beyond society, that the individual was capable of self-rule, and that indeed government should be, rather than a divinely ordained king supported by a group of divinely ordained nobles, supported in turn and from below by a group of selected nobles, the knights, who would whose duty was to defend the king and, and the layers of monarchy and aristocracy above them, and below them all the peasants and the merchants and the farmers and all the all the commoners. The idea that, in fact, rather than that, government could be and society could be a free association of equals, that people were capable of governing themselves, that indeed every man and woman eventually could be their own king or at least collaborate with other kings in in ruling themselves, in, in providing order to a society, to to protecting and defending a society and to, to giving a society rules that everyone could live by was equally revolutionary and, and in fact, was precisely that. We fought a revolution over it. Other countries have fought revolutions, peaceful and not so peaceful, over the idea that power is not invested by God in a single person but in fact is given to all of us to use wisely, soberly, and prudently in each other's mutual interest, cooperatively, uh, with the idea that, that, that this is a, a power, this is a, a set of powers and rights that, that we are given by God to be good stewards of. Now, this is an inherently radical notion, and, and if you are, in fact, someone who still believes that government should govern by consent of the governed and that our society should be a free association of equals, well, then you're still a revolutionary. Because a good chunk of this society that we have today, even here in America, and even more so in places like Western Europe, China, Japan, believe in something that's really not that far removed from the model of the the. the aristocratic society we described earlier with the king on the top and the, the their group of, of petty nobles around them and below them and, and, and everyone else below them. I mean, in, in the European Union, you don't have a king per se, but you still have 
uh, a group of people who are, if not hereditary nobility, certainly the nobility of uh, of the credentialed elites who are deemed to just be smarter and better at, at, at the whole process of of taking care of all of our self-rule for us. You see that here in America, too. And I'm not going to say it's a progressive thing or a Democrat thing. But generally speaking, when you see someone saying, well, we should let the experts take care of it when the subject is not brain surgery, but is in fact things like how will our teach, uh, children be taught, how will our health care be administered, how will our taxes be uh, reformed, when you hear someone saying it's too complicated for the hoi polloi, for the, the, the mere mortals, for the commoners to understand, you're listening to someone who is talking the way someone in pre-American uh, political parlance would have spoken. You're speaking the way a theologian in, in pre-Christian theology would have spoken. The idea that some things are just too important, too complex, too difficult for mere mortals to understand is profoundly old-fashioned. And the idea that you and I, a couple of regular schnooks listening to, or in my case is speaking on, uh, a station in the suburbs of the Twin Cities are capable of governing ourselves that's the real revolution. And it is the parallels to the story of Christmas, the story of Christianity itself, the idea that that power and divinity can all divine down can all boil down to individual human beings, in one case a divine one, in all other cases, all 320 million of us, people who are blessed with the divine right to rule ourselves and each other, if we're smart enough to do it, are equally revolutionary and equally worth celebrating this time of year as every time of year. My name is Mitch Berg. This is a special Northern Alliance Radio Network Christmas broadcast. Uh, I hope you and yours are having a, a wonderful holiday season here so far. I, I certainly wish uh, wish the best upon all of you. When we come back, we'll be talking about some historical parallels in the United States, historical times in the United States history, when Christmas itself, the season, the event, has been absolutely vital in, in, in the history of this country. It's important stuff, I think. More when we come back. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Born is the King of Israel. The shepherds look up and they saw. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Pro-life across America, the I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. 
If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Oh, 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 yeah. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, our Christmas special. Uh, Welcome back, by the way. Always great to have you all here. And and, and I say this uh, every year about this time. One of the great blessings in my life is to be able to talk to each and every one of you uh, every Saturday afternoon, especially this time of year, uh, when it's my pride and, and privilege to say thank you for tuning in every year uh, to listen to our to our broadcast here. Brad King and myself uh, all, all agree this is one of the great uh, joys of our lives, uh, uh, lives, all of which are blessed with <laughs> way more joy than I think a lot of us could have possibly expected. Uh, so thank you all for that. We're talking about uh, the, the historical parallels between Christ, uh, Christmas and America, especially the vision of America that conservatives hold. And this is not intended to be a politicization of Christmas. It's not. I'm looking for parallels. I'm not claiming ownership here. But on the other hand, the parallels are there. We talked about those in the, the last segment, uh, the parallels between the idea that that, that 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 God himself could come to earth as a human and the idea then that that really is inextricable from that 
that the power that God gave to kings could just as easily be given to commoners, to people like you and I. And in fact, there was no such thing as nobility. To be a citizen was itself to be noble. It was an idea that shook the world to its core when it actually became the, the basis of a government. And there's another historical parallel there that leads us to one, uh, that leads us to another historical parallel, I should say, which I think is really important because every year, well, you you hear this constantly from people who are uh, who, who argue sometimes in many cases in good faith for the establishment clause, the the clause in the Constitution that guarantees against the establishment of state religion which is an inherently good thing. But there are people who, who extend from that and say, America is not a Christian nation. And, and there's a point to that. Is a, is a nation, we are a nation that was, has always been primarily Christian and, in fact, is, is probably more enthusiastically composed of people of faith than almost any other Western country today. You can think of very few that are more enthusiastically of faith than Americans in general, are today. Perhaps the polls. I mean, you have a hard time getting the polls away from the Catholic Church, and, and thank goodness for it. It's, it's, it's brought them wonderful things, like their freedom in some respects over the last 30 years here, and God bless them for that as well. But there's a case to be made that, that we are not a, quote, Christian country, end quote, just a country made up of Christians. I, as a conservative, am fine with that. I don't want our country establishing a state religion. And yet, while America may not be, quote, Christian, end quote, as a nation, its central metaphor behind our creation is tied up in the Christian metaphor completely inextricably. You can't, wrap the, uh, you can't unravel the two. And I think it, it, it is tied up with that for something that's also important for the Christian, Christmas season. Let's dial back to last hour. One of the six new types of cultural grinches that I was throwing brickbats at last hour was the group of people who, who like to, to correct you on the origins of Christmas. They'll say, well, Christmas is really just a pagan holiday. I mean, it's a pagan holiday. It's not even Christian. I mean, Christ wasn't even born in December. The Christ, Christian just appropriated the solstice. And that's, that's true. Historians say that, that Christ was likely not born very like almost, almost completely unlikely to have been born on December 25th or even in the winter in Galilee. But that doesn't matter because when you think about it, just as Christmas as we observe it was not born Christian, Either were any of us. We were all born into original sin. None of us, Christians are not born. They are made, and, and, and really, they are made by themselves. That When people decide to declare that Christ is their Lord and Savior it, it's, and, and become baptized in the faith, you decide to be a Christian. You no more are born into Christianity than you are born into being a uh, a NASCAR driver, you have to make yourself a NASCAR driver or or, or, or a great violinist. Both of them are things that you just make. And just like that, no, the fact that, that 
Christmas, as we celebrate today on December 25th, may have been a pagan holiday, is the point. We were all pagan holidays before we were saved by Christ. Christianity always finds fixer-uppers. And by the way, like Christians, Americans sin. Christianity is not about being perfect. It's about being forgiven and, 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 about, and about being able to achieve the Almighty, even though we are imperfect, even though we are fundamentally flawed. America is fundamentally flawed. We, we've had our flaws. We, you don't need to be reminded by the media that we were built, heavily built, around one huge flaw. The institution of slavery. We have sinned in this country. And we continue to sin in this country. We, we murder millions of babies every year. There's nothing about being a country, even a country where the bulk of the people are Christians, that makes it perfect. And yet... Just as Christianity allows each and every one of us and individuals to atone for our sins and to still approach the Almighty and the hereafter with some hope of salvation, the entire American experiment is built around the idea that we are not perfect. We can never be perfect. Perfection is unachievable on this mortal coil. But we have the tools and means at our hands to atone for that, to learn from our mistakes, and do better in the future. Almost every country in the world has practiced slavery, if not every country, every society, every culture in the world. If you go back far enough, you'll find slavery being practiced. You will have a very hard time finding any country in the world that has worked as hard, as diligently, as consistently, and, and I think with as much integrity to atone for that history as the United States have. Go ahead. Ask the French if, if how they've atoned for their history of slavery in, 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 in the Caribbean and in Africa. Ask the Belgians about their history of slavery in sub-Saharan Africa. Ask the Dutch about their tradition of endangered servitude in sub-Saharan Africa, and especially in Indonesia. These are countries that all practiced, if not slavery with a capital S, at least it's its awful first cousin. And, and not all that terribly long ago. Forget about ja Japan. Forget about Germany. <laughs> we are a country that, that, that has at least adopted the Christian ideal that we know we're not perfect, we can never achieve perfection, that we can best we can hope for is to confess our sins, repent in the best way we can, make things as right as we can, and 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 try to move on in everyone's best interests. And that's like Christianity, and that's like the faith that was born, as the tradition says, thousands of years ago this weekend. And that's important. It's about the coming of redemption. The, the redemptive power of Christmas is an, an integral part of America. And if you look through 
the history of America, that redemption is a part of the, the, the mythology of some of the most important, searingly vital events in the history of this country, not just the, the larger ideas of, of the metaphor behind a, a, a divine right of power going down to all of us individuals, and, and, and not just about the, the idea that, that we're a society like Christianity itself that believes that it needs to occasionally humble itself and repent just a bit. Nobody tell Donald Trump that. I don't see him doing much repenting, but we'll see. You never know. But it's also a, a country where a, a big part of our national mythology is built around the redemptive power of Christmas. Whether by accident or by design, it doesn't matter. Honestly, it, it all works about the same in my point of view, at least for purposes of, of the story I'm trying to tell you today. Uh, my name is Mitch Berg. Uh, my blog is shotinthedark.info, shotinthedark.info. I put out material just about every weekday, although I'll probably be taking Christmas Day off, as I do most years. But five days a week, I write about my favorite stories in politics, current events, pop culture, music, history, and a little bit of everything in between, if it grabs my fancy. Uh, this is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, heard every Saturday from noon to 3, actually from 1 to 3 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot, uh, our special Christmas broadcast, uh, hoping you and yours all have a blessed Christmas or whatever holiday season you celebrate. We'll be back with more on the redemptive power of Christmas and the American story when we come back on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. AM 1280, The Patriot. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. 
A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back to Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, a special Christmas edition. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, blessings of the season to all of you, whatever your beliefs. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. We've talked so far this show about, I don't know, some of the perversions of the meaning of Christmas that, that our culture is starting to embrace we talked a little bit about what I think are some of the, the philosophical parallels between the season and the country we live in and some of the, some of the social parallels and really the, the metaphorical parallels between the season and this country. And, and honestly, I, when I say this country, I mean the traditional version of what this country is supposed to mean, uh, something that could be, has been called classical liberal interpretation of what America is about. And, of course, if you listen to this broadcast, you know that when I say classical liberal, I generally mean modern American conservative. I, I'm not trying to politicize all as a holiday, though. I'm truly not. Um, you can believe me. You cannot. But it's, the, it's a fact. I'm not. But there are things about the Christmas season that are almost impossible to unwrap from elements in American history. Uh, when you consider that uh, Christmas... If you're a Christian, and if you observe the, the, the true meaning of the season, is about redemption. It's about the idea that the world can be reborn, that, that mankind can be reborn. And if mankind can be reborn in, in the person of a, of a baby in impoverished manger in Bethlehem, that humanity itself, and you and I as individuals, not to mention the country we live in, can be reborn through just as humble and yet profoundly powerful means. And I take heart in saying that because we've seen that in the history of this country. Three episodes I want to talk about briefly in the time I have remaining here that I think are, are th things that, even as famously unemotional as I, a Scandinavian-American boy, am, they still verge on making me emotional. 
because uh, they're so profoundly important, both for the history of this country and for the history of this, this world around us. One of them was a, a, took place on an extremely cold winter morning in 1776. Uh, 1776 is most famous to most of you and to those of us in our society who studied history is the year that the Declaration of Independence was signed. And that still gets the big headlines. And we have a big party for it on July 4th. What, what a lot of people shamefully don't know anymore is that after the 4th of July, like around the beginning of August and into September, things went south real fast, literally and figuratively. The British invaded uh, New York. They landed, staged an amphibious attack at Brooklyn. They crushed George Washington's army, drove him across the East River, and then humiliated him in Manhattan. They killed or captured the majority of his army. And, and the, the ones that were left, many of them deserted and went home because winter was coming on. They hadn't been paid. And by the way, it looked like the revolution may well have been lost. They chased George Washington from Manhattan across the Hudson River from Fort Lee, New Jersey, all the way down New Jersey to the Delaware River. And, and George Washington evacuated what was left of the Continental Army, basically a quarter of the force that had been with him on July 4th at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, about a fourth of that army was left on Christmas Eve, 1776. And it had been a cold, miserable winter so far. And the army that was left with Washington was suffering mightily. And, and the Continental Congress, which was based in Philadelphia at the time, was suffering some anxiety of its own. Because just six months earlier, five months earlier, they had pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their eternal honor uh, to this American Revolution, which in those days carried a death sentence. Rebelling against the King of England was not something that kings, who ruled by divine right, took kindly to. And the Founding Fathers justifiably worried that they might be called upon to pay up on that bet. Never in American history has the American experiment hung so carefully and so, so closely in the balance. One more push was all it was going to take the Brits to snuff out the American experiment. And yet, overnight on Christmas Eve, George Washington gathered up what was left of his army, hijacked a bunch of coal barges from the Schuylkill River, uh, from the coal mines up the stream, and, and, and brought them downriver and... and Overnight, paddled across the icy Delaware River, manhandled a small cannon out of one of the barges, and snuck up, essentially, on a camp full of Hessians who were watching him across the river, who had been celebrating Christmas and were hung over in the morning and weren't capable of doing much, ambushed them, routed them, sent them fleeing, and then went on, marched on to Princeton, New Jersey, and a few days later routed a larger, more professional, more prepared British force. It was just two battles in most history books. But it was a Christmas miracle, because without those two victories, we might all still be speaking British, if you catch my drift. I, I do believe in miracles on Christmas. I do. And that was one of them. There was no reason that George Washington should have won, that, that the American Revolution should have prevailed, that the American Revolution should have survived in the Central Atlantic states. It was tactically, logistically, really unfeasibly impossible. 
And yet it happened. On the day of the miracle of the birth of the Christ, the day of the miracle of the salvation of the American Revolution happened. Fast forward a few hundred years and a half. It was Christmas 1945. World War II was almost won, or so everyone thought, and indeed it was, but there had been a terrible setback. The Germans had managed to, the Nazis in this case, had managed to save up a force of, of troops, tanks, and, and fuel and launch one last mighty counterattack, and it was a brutal counterattack. It caught the Americans by surprise, caught a bunch of absolutely green American troops and some war-weary veterans completely by surprise, bulldozed over them, surrounded thousands of Americans. Some of the greatest surrenders in American history uh, took place at the what came calls the Battle of the Bulge. Now, if you've watched Band of Brothers, the epic miniseries, you know that an American Airborne Division, the 101st, and some other American troops held out in a town called Bastogne. But that by no means was that a sure thing, even at the time. And on Christmas morning, the commander of one of the German divisions that surrounded Bastogne, there were seven of them up against one American division that was low on ammunition, low on food, and lower still on everything else, sent in uh, an emissary to talk about negotiating the surrender of the, of the garrison. And the general who was in charge, he was in charge of the airborne, 101st Airborne's artillery, a fellow named Tony McAuliffe, for lack of a better term, wrote back nuts, which doesn't mean much back then and today. Back then it was a little more pointed term, not quite profane, but certainly pointed as a way of saying, take off, hoser. The Germans didn't get that. They had to have that interpreted for them. But in a way, it was its own Christmas miracle, the fact that Americans held out against those odds at that time. At that time of the year, you can chalk it up to a lot of factors. I'll accept all of them. But if you don't believe in Christmas miracles, seeing that episode, I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to, to see why. No, I'm sorry, to see why not. Another Christmas miracle, maybe not a miracle, but just an incredibly inspirational story that I think is absolutely inseparable from the story of America happened when I was in high school. It was the darkest days of the of the Russian crackdown, or the, I should say the communist crackdown in Poland, as uh, the solidarity uprising, the rising of the of the Soviet of uh, the of the Polish labor movement that sought to uh, reform the communist government of Poland, and got stomped on hard by the. But by the Polish army in this case, which, by the way, has been said in some cases to have been a blessing disguise. The Polish army clamped down hard on the on solidarity uh, to prevent a Pol- uh, Russian invasion of Poland. That may have been true, but hundreds died. Thousands were imprisoned uh, without charge, held in camps around Poland without uh, any access to lawyers or their families or anybody else over the holiday season. And over that holiday season, a fellow named Rumold Spasowski, Spasowski was the Polish ambassador to the United States, uh, had an epic crisis of faith. And it was his first, really, because he'd grown up his entire life as a committed communist. His father had been a communist, a uh, member of the communist resistance to the Nazis who'd died in Gestapo custody. And like a good communist, he'd grown up very, very atheist. But his wife, a woman named Wanda Spasowski gradually grew on him, grew on him over the years, and, and uh, Wanda, being a devout Catholic, managed to 
wear her husband down, as wives will tend to do with husbands over the decades. And and by 1980, uh, 81 rather, Romwald Spasowski was a committed Catholic and a Christian. And on December 25th, 1981, Romwald Spasowski defected to the United States. And it was an epic event in the history of both countries. And I want to talk about that briefly when we come back as we discuss the miracles of the season, both in the world and in America, really. This is an episode that had a huge effect on me personally, and I hope it does on you as well. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. It's a Christmas broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you all come back for one more segment on the Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. With every Christmas card I write, may your days be merry. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Doesn't really matter who you are, where you are, where you live. You have a 20 family. People reach a crisis moment, and they don't see any other way out. Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death for people ages 25 to 34. People struggle with it every day. Hi, I'm Congressman Tom Emmer. If you or your loved one struggles with their mental health or thoughts of suicide, know you're not alone. Reach out for help and talk to someone. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters in this station. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month, a million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science, too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 
70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Ibelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more. At Ibelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Ibelieve.com. Welcome back to Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, a special Christmas broadcast this weekend on the Northern Alliance. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, and God bless you all uh, this holiday season. I, I hope you all have as wonderful a holiday season as you could possibly imagine. We've been talking about the role of Christmas in American history and, and how important it has been, both as, as, a, as a moral beacon uh, to us as Americans, as, as a parallel for Americans to live up to, and, and quite honestly, as, as a setting for some of America's greatest miracles. And I was talking about one that doesn't get nearly the press it deserves, and yet it was a pivotal moment for me. And I remember one of the, I remember it being one of the moments that most closely tied what America should be together with the holiday season. Uh, before the segment, I was ta- before the break, I should say, I was talking about uh, the defection of uh, Ambassador Romwald Spasowski of Poland. Uh, to the United States on December 23rd of 1981. Now, this was at the height of the Soviet crackdown on the Solidarity Labor Movement, at a time when when nobody on earth believed that it would lead eventually to the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of communism and the freedom of Eastern Europe. This was all a decade in the future, and nobody, but nobody believed that that was the eventual end result. Anyway, we talked about uh, Ambassador Spasowski, who had grown up as a committed communist. Hence, he was a ambassador to the United States under the communist government, who, who over time and under the influence of his wife, Wanda Spasowska, had become a committed Catholic and who saw what was going on in his home country of Poland, where gangs of, of government-sanctioned thugs were, were beating the tar out of protesters and arresting people in, in the night and hauling them off to camps, just like in the glory days of communism all over again, with, with the deaths of hundreds of people in these protests. And he decided he couldn't take anymore. Even though he was at the peak, near the peak of Polish communist life, he and his wife Wanda left. They defected. They walked across the street to the FBI uh, from the Polish embassy and defected to the United States. And they took this seriously. They held a trial, sentenced him and his wife to death in absentia. They had no luck getting to him, but that was uh, serious business in those days. And it was a couple of days later, during his annual Christmas broadcast, that Ronald Reagan brought up the incident. And now, presidential Christmas broadcasts tend to be pretty fluffy, gauzy things, and they should be, for the most part. This is not a time to politicize things if you can possibly avoid it. And most presidents have been good at it. And when I say that most presidential Christmas broadcasts are gauzy, fluffy, and forgettable, that's a good thing. 
You shouldn't have to remember the president jabbering on Christmas. You should remember time with your family. But this was different. This was an extraordinary time. Ronald Reagan, God bless him, recognized it. And he urged every American in that Christmas broadcast, that I do remember watching, even though I was a young liberal, and was reacting with the fear that I had been programmed by my, the people and uh, my liberals that surrounded me at that time of my life to, to fear Ronald Reagan and to loathe what he stood for. I saw his request that night on that Christmas broadcast that in addition to the political sanctions that he ordered against the communist government, uh, he asked every American to light a candle for Poland in their window. And around and about my hometown, I saw a few of them as I walked around, as I, as I walked to and from work, and as I, as I wandered around the town on, the night, uh, on, on Christmas night and some of the nights thereafter. And it, it's, well, I'll stop a little short of calling it a Christmas miracle. I'll say it was one of those things that impressed me with the wonder, not only of the season, but of what this country could be. The idea that this country could could interrupt its celebration, a, a celebration that had been, even then people complained about how it had been profaned by commercialism so terribly, even at that point in history. And yet they could take time out to think about a people 4,000 miles away that they could scarcely have known much about other than what they saw on the TV. And the outpouring had its effect. The Russians realized that invading Poland would be a terrible idea because the American people were paying attention. And when the American people are paying attention, you don't go invading people. And when that happened, the people of Poland realized that someone was out there watching for them. And they kept the faith. And they held that faith through 10 very, very difficult years, ending eventually with much struggle, with immense travail in the fall of the Berlin Wall and the fall of communism, which itself was a miracle of biblical proportion. And I'm not going to say it started on that Christmas night in 1981 that I witnessed in my own little way in my own little town as I wandered around looking at people's front windows and the candles that people had placed out there for Poland. But I'm not going to deny it either. Because Christmas is a time of miracles, and America is a place that has throughout its entire history bred miracles. And so why not see the miracles when they're there? I started with the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to finish with the Gospel of Luke. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all those things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, 
were just as they had been told. And so in this cynical era, I hope that each of you in your own way can do as Mary did, to treasure up all these things, all these things about about the world, about faith, about about what's good about this place and this time and this country and this group of 320 million people we share it with, and ponder on them in your heart for a while here. And like the shepherds, perhaps glorify, praise God, and, and perhaps the idea that God gave to each of us, that each of us is, to some extent, the king or queen of our own destinies, an idea that is inextricably tied up with this country that we live in. And on this holiday season, it's just one of the, the heaps of things that we all have to be thankful and grateful for, as I am thankful and grateful for the opportunity to talk to each and every one of you every Saturday afternoon from my family to yours. God bless you all. God bless America. Merry Christmas. So many lives are touched by cancer. In fact, one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer. At the American Cancer Society, we're on a mission to free the world from cancer. It's a big mission, driven by little things like a ride to treatment, a free place to stay, a 24-7 helpline. But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families. Don't wait. More than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer. Go to cancer.org right now and make a difference. Go to cancer.org. As we head into the new year, the big question is, will you follow through with the resolutions and goals you make for the coming year? Boy, the last couple of years have been a little tough, and probably one of those goals you'd like is to set yourself and your family up for a better 2022. Well, you can do that with a cash-out refinance from United Faith Mortgage. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here, and my friends at United Faith Mortgage can take care of you with a cash-out refinance. A little extra cash in your pocket, redo that loan, and take care of some of those projects you might want to have done. Pay off a little debt. Maybe you want to do a little remodeling or whatever the case may be, you are in control. The great thing about United Faith Mortgage is their direct lender advantage, meaning there's no middleman. And that advantage allows us to get a better rate for you so you can save monthly and lifelong money. And again, United Faith Mortgage will cover your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd normally have to pay up front. Visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vareka, NMLS number 65233. I am Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I am Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. 
Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member and of... And I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud Air. to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Happy. Happy. Happy 20th.